speaking of childhood awkward moments where your mom shows you cartoon porn. So we're doing an ad. Sorry. Welcome to Take It or Leave It, an advice-ish podcast for parents. You can download this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play Music. Be sure to subscribe and give us a review with your thoughts about the show. Thank you to Linda G for letting us know we're soulmates. Her review says, I love you, Tiffany. You're the wind beneath my wings. What? Her review says, I love you ladies so much. I just became a mother in April to a beautiful, spunky, giggly beauty named Grace. Oh, congratulations. I followed both of you on the Facebook. Oh, she must be your friend. <laughs> I, I, oh, sorry. I just kicked your dog. She, it's okay. She walked over here and farted. I'm sorry, Daphne. My dog is the worst. I have followed both of you on the Facebook for months. And when I found your podcast, my life became complete. I oh. want to be your friends and hang out. And it just got weird. <laughs> Seriously, you make me laugh every day and my coworkers stare at me. It's humbling to know that I'm not going through this motherhood thing alone or thinking the way I think. Keep doing what you're doing, ladies. Thank you so much, Linda G. Thank you to everybody else who leaves reviews. Do you guys know that we're like how many away from 1 million downloads? 70,000 downloads away from 1 million. 70,000. By the time... What? Hopefully it's less. By the time you hear this, we may be at 40,000 downloads. Yeah, that's crazy. Just download. Give us five-star reviews. Or like even four is fine. Well... You know what I mean? I prefer five. I'm your host, Meredith, from That's Inappropriate. And I'm your host, Tiffany, from Juggling the Jenkins. This podcast will discuss all things marriage, motherhood, and everything in between. Please remember that we're not professionals at anything you may actually need, so any advice we give you can take or leave because it might be crap. On today's episode of Take It or Leave It, we are going to talk about how to talk to your children about sex, an age-by-age age age guide. Uh, a mom in a heroin overdose photo that went viral is going viral again for a very different reason. And when is it okay to leave your kids home alone? Uh, I put this in the love and marriage slot because it is a hot, a highly debated topic between my husband and I. Mm. When is it okay to leave your kids home alone? Can't wait to hear about that debate. Mm. We'd like to welcome a very special guest to our show today. That's Bryn Berger, and she is a best-selling author, writer, speaker, uh, and she has her socials over at The Mama on the Rocks. And I know, personally, we have featured you over on Filter Free Parents a bajillion times. Um, right. Estimate, yep. yes, and a bajillion. And that's inappropriate. So we wanted to have you on the podcast to just talk about what you're doing, because you do um, a bunch of different things. Um, and I know you have, uh, a child, uh, with special needs and a, a, an invisible yes. quote unquote invisible disability, which I have a son on the spectrum. So every time I read your stuff, like I feel you feel you. So, uh, but I just wanted to have you on the show to kind of talk about your stuff and what you're doing and what's coming next and all of that. So let's start the show with a, a mom fail moment. Oh gosh. Well, let me flip through my diary of 11,000 of those. <laughs> the 11,000. Uh, um, I had a huge one actually recently. So, um, we have, we actually live tiny. So our family of four lives in 300 wow. square feet on I purpose. Mean, you can smell a fart corner to corner. I know. In 300 square we talk feet. to the Lord daily. Exactly. 
Yes. Um, we downsized about two and a half years ago so that we could afford to um, meet our son's educational needs. Um, so I was a public school teacher and my husband was a mechanic. So you can imagine our super awesome <laughs> budget. And so um, we did that. And then this past May, my husband's mechanic shop was actually oh blown down gosh. by tornadoes because that's oh my real wow. life. <laughs> and um, so we actually moved to Tennessee and it's been awesome because our son was offered a scholarship. Um, so it pays like about two thirds of his school to a private school. And anyone who's followed me for any length of time knows that I am I have only known paycheck to paycheck, so it's a definitely like social anxiety for me to go any of the, to their school functions. And I was doing my a live video from my son's pickup line because, I mean, mom problems. And I, I got called out by their principal <laughs> um, because I was talking about how um, their school is really fancy and how I didn't fit in at all. And... I had to like formally apologize to them and I use that as a nice transition segue into talking to them about how um one of their Wait, kids bullied how mine at a school function. find out. <laughs> she did a lie. So, uh well because I don't you guys are like mega famous, right? Which We're not I totally mega famous. Am right there with you in the way. Um <laughs> so for that reason, I don't believe <laughs> anyone reads my words except my own mother. And yep. I don't know. Maybe you guys have been in that boat. And so I had no clue that anyone actually listened. And so, oh, and actually a concerned parent. Are you called joking? No, I told what a hoe. Oh, that's where we're going. Sorry. I wish I was. Wow. It was Do, like, it was mortifying. And I mean, I've wanted to throw mm, punch people several like times that. in my life, but that was pretty Cattle rough. Tales? You're just, you're just, did yeah. you mention the school specifically by chance? So then what the F? No, I didn't actually. I'm very, right. I'm very protective of that information. So whatever. I'm sorry. That was, She's not I'm a not hoe. my finest moment. Well, we don't know. Hoe. She might be, but that wasn't the point, I, say, I think, of the conversation. Right. Like, like a garden tool she is what I was be. saying. I you know how they're always just like telling on you. The garden tools are. Yeah. Right. That's yes. what I meant. But I, that's, I just, uh, I, ooh. <laughs> yeah. Did you, did you, mm, okay. I'm, so you have been living tiny for two years and, um, hold on. I'm sorry. Are you, are we going back? Mm -hmm. I just okay. really quick. Got to go back. Okay. Why did you feel like you had to issue a formal apology? Um, because I, one day when I'm speaking to the masses about how, um, extreme children are extreme in lots of ways, good and bad. Um, and I'm continuing to educate, then I'll be able to afford to pay for that school right. myself. But that day is not today. <laughs> and so for that reason, I felt like I needed to protect his education. And since we're on a large okay. scholarship, I was like immediately pumping the brakes. And I am not, I'm one of those people that's like pretty comfortable with confrontation. Yeah. So I really I, had that to just was, take a deep breath on that one. Yeah. I mean, that's completely understandable. It's also understandable to have the feelings that you were having because, I like I, I get uncomfortable even when I'm out like at a business function and I'm forced to get dressed. 
for it. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm literally only comfortable in jeans, a t-shirt yes. and my Converse sneakers. That's where I feel like I'm on my A game. If you make me put on a dress yes. or high heels or you make me get like hair and makeup done, I feel like I can't participate because I can't play right. the game. I want to play it. So I understand what you're saying. Right. And, and lucky for me, I'm, lucky for my life that specific day I was looking extra homeless when I walked in there so I had on leggings as pants which on my um very large frame those those puppies were stretched to the max and a sweatshirt and greasy hair so I was really representing the the lower class it was awesome anything negative you were just speaking your emotions and this little girl went and tattled on the teacher it was a grown woman but the point is, yes, we, I, I, I see what you're saying. So let's talk a little bit about your book. Um, Sorry. Most of the, I know we've shared a ton of your writing about um, <laughs> your, your son's um, IEP and the, the, the feelings that, or not the feelings, well, the feelings that you have on the situations that you've dealt with as a result of your child with a, an invisible disability. So why don't you talk to us a little bit about your book and, and, you know, you have such an interesting life. The fact that you share 300 square feet with three other people, it makes me think you're a little crazy, but, but it's for love and that's incredible, but it's for love. So I feel bad Um, about saying it, but I'm going to say it anyway, because I don't have a filter. Yeah, it's okay. Jury's still out on that one. Um, So I actually, uh, so we went tiny two and a half years ago and, um, I was invited to speak (laughs) at a tiny house event, which I didn't even know existed, uh, just to talk about basically like the benefits for mental health on simple living, which is what I was writing about at that time. And at that time I had a very, very small social media following, um, And so I spoke at this event and that turned into several events. So that first year I spoke at uh, about nine events across the country. And, um, we ended up turning that into kind of just a U.S. tour. So I've, I was getting the same questions over and over again from people. Like, I think that this tiny house thing is cool, but how do I do it? And, you know, when you start being vulnerable, which is by the way, not my strong suit, although you wouldn't know it from reading my words, it's, it's easy to write it. Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm super guarded just in my own personal life, but I think that, yeah, I, I, I mean, I read y'all stuff and of course, Tiffany, watch your videos. And I think that we sort of have that in common where you come from a place of struggle and you choose to be vulnerable. And what I've seen in doing that is people coming out of the woodwork saying, you know, for lack of better terminology, me too. Like, you know, I know, no, no, it's, it means something different, but yeah, okay. Yes. So, and in doing that, um, you know, it's been really awesome to be able to be given more opportunities to speak, um, to educate other educators who are, you know, desperate for learning how to reach difficult learners. Um, so I wrote the book Simple Living right now um, in March. And actually, I had previously worked for a publisher. So I chose to self publish. Because let's just be real, I don't have the energy mm. to have be rejected over and thing. over again. <laughs> I self-published so, my first book. I, just, I got I rejected by a, a couple of publishing houses, and I finally said, "Fuck it, I write my own book," and I did. So good on you, girl. Yep. And so I did. 
I did that because it was the thing that I had mm-hmm. I'd spoken about so many times that it just came naturally. And I wrote it and everybody said, you're not going to sell more than 100. And I said, Ooh, I sold hey, 1,200 in the first three months. Okay, Bitches. That was for the hoe at the school. Okay. <laughs> yep. Oh. I, I took it up a notch. A I took ho. the hoe up one oh. notch there. Oh, my there. gosh. Stop um, it right now. Sorry. That was. Uh, <laughs> And so, yeah, now I'm looking at um, doing a, uh, I'd like to do a three book series about extreme children because, um, you know, like I said, our son isn't just extreme in the negative, how the public may sort of choose to identify him, but also in the positive, he's extremely happy and extremely excited and all of those other things. And I think um, I'd like to kind of write a book about marriage and a book about um, how to educate the difficult learner, because I've done everything from teaching students coming out of prison to teaching um you know, mainstream kids that are low level, um, learners. So I think that's super needed right now. I don't even know. Maybe you should ask this, but I'm just going to ask it because I don't know. As far as your son having special needs, is there a name for what he's going through experiencing? How do you word it? I'm not good at this. I don't mean to sound ignorant. I don't want to be offensive. So what is your son's invisible disability? Bingo. So I'm not easily offended. And I think that mm-hmm. when you parent these types of children, you have to grow thick skin. Um, when a child does not have a visible diagnosis, if they're not in a wheelchair, they don't have like Down syndrome or something, then you don't, you're not afforded the luxuries of right. um, not being judged on your parenting skills when you, when your child maybe have, has a meltdown in public. So our son has combined type ADHD, so hyperactive and inattentive. He had, and that's severe. So that's, while it's not a spectrum disorder, they are, you know, some people have moderate, mild, severe. Mm, Um, He also has what's called oppositional defiant disorder, which is like, if it's not, it doesn't have early intervention, it typically um, becomes conduct disorder, which is what most of the prison population has. Um, He has, yes. So um, I had worked with the prison population and it was pretty interesting to me that, I could see those diagnoses that just hadn't been made. And so without that early intervention, without having support from family, it was pretty wow. sad to see what took place. Um, he has sensory processing disorder, which kind of goes hand in hand typically with autism, though he is not on the spectrum. Um, and then he has anxiety, generalized anxiety disorder, and then what's called 2E or twice exceptional, which means he's academically advanced and emotionally deficient. So he's in third grade right now because of his age, but he's doing sixth grade work academically. But when he responds to something, he can't articulate emotion uh, like appropriately. Mm-hmm. So he wow. responds about like a five-year-old. So it's really like a ball of, of insanity that just never stops. So I started writing, you right. know, three years ago thinking no one would read, but my mom. And it was mm-hmm. really just a means of catharsis for me personally and it turned into a hell of a lot of judgment from people who are supposed to love you. And um, it also was a way for me to weed Preach. out uh, who my real supporters are. And all of a sudden, it's, you know, which in my realm of the internet, you know, like 12,000 followers. And I started this year an extreme parenting only page so that people could feel safe. I wanted to create a community and I, it all started because nothing like that existed. We were living in farm town, Virginia at the time, and there were no resources for me. So I felt like I was the only one. And I thought, 
surely there are other people dealing with this. And the more I talked to people, the more people were like, oh my gosh, there's nothing like this for us. And so I just, I, I talk a lot about how being an extreme parent is both my prison and my passion. And so I'm hella motivated to get the word out and to talk to anyone who will listen. Um, but I'm also a freaking fierce yes, girl. Good for you. Stop, so. I love it. Well, we're going to link your stuff uh, with this podcast. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so what? tell everybody your social Thank handles you. so they can go follow you. Sure. So Instagram and Facebook is uh, the Mama on the Rocks and Mama is M-A-M-A. Um, and any parent ever knows that that has a Wait, double, what is double, the meaning. double meaning. Parenting is hard. <laughs> uh, oh, I thought you meant... Mama on the rock. Yes. So okay. 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 Me as an alcoholic should have known that, but I misunderstood. <laughs> yeah. Cause you. Yes. Okay. Yeah. It's cool. I'll explain it. <laughs> uh, and then if people are extreme parents specifically, there's an extreme parenting page cool on Facebook and Instagram. Cool to develop like a plate, a safe place um, for these people to go and talk and realize they're not alone. That's what makes the world go around. Yeah. So well, it's hard. It's, it's a difficult way to live and it does not stop. So, you know, somebody's got to go out there and I, I do it all with humor and sarcasm because mm. I, you know, don't know how else to get along and calling out people along the way. I mean, I've had, we've been kicked out of grocery stores during meltdown. We've had, I mean, crazy stuff happens and people don't yeah, know about it agreed. unless you tell that them is, that, that, hey, you're not my, the only one. Uh, mantras, you know. So I love it. Well, thanks for joining us today on the podcast. Thank you so much. And we appreciate your words, obviously, over at Filter Free Parents, and that's inappropriate. So the best part is definitely being able to be intentional with my family. And uh, we'll get this podcast up and all your stuff linked. Are you there? And everybody can go and find you there. So, uh, Oh, thanks. I just wanted to go ahead and have that emotion, let you sit in it for a minute. um, (laughs) So, Phil, edit that out. I think, the, right. I think the moral of the story is yeah, no I mean, mom's for, really for ever a extreme child, it eliminated and, um, a lot of the overstimulation he that he was having. Sure that all um, of our not as many choices. Uh, and also, um, truly you know, my, I have a loving relationship with my husband. I actually still yeah. like so being around you. him most of the time. Yeah, but at the same time, we were like, forget Netflix and chill. It was huh. like Netflix and sleep. Like we were always cleaning, fixing something. I don't know. Trans- and I'm now just gonna tell we don't have all that to do. So we can spend more time just doing what we enjoy doing. But um, she's not like trans, so then say that again? stop talking. Yeah, we don't oh, judge. Like, right? I'm not, I love okay. this question. So, <laughs> so edit all on of that out. Right. So this is the PG thirteen portion of the show. So when we were looking at floor plans, we literally stood on opposite ends of homes and jumped up and down and yelled to make sure that we couldn't hear each other. Because what about I'm me? certain right. I will cause my children therapy, well, but I didn't want it to be for okay, that. Thank you. Oh, whoa, whoa, um, thank whoa. you. And so, yeah, we have a very happy <laughs> relationship, well, we'll you know, at least once or twice a week. Then. And for that reason, we have doors Bye. that lock and our bedrooms are on opposite side of the house. I had so many yeah. tiny house questions, but I... Like we can ask her. Yeah, we, just going in. I mean, if you exactly, we had to. Um, we tried out a couple floor Ooh, plans. Obviously, I mean, if you've seen a picture of me online, hold on. Dave this is wants too much to woman to be up again. at two a.m. That was not happening. Go. So I wanted to put my pants on like a regular a person standing and up. What is the worst? So part? there were things that we knew we kind of had to prioritize with our build. Um, and then for our sons, for our sons' needs, we built like we built a rock wall in their room and a sensory area. Yeah, I was feeling it. Sorry. Go ahead. That. 
Um, I'm a freaking <laughs> genius. Uh, are you saying because there's down. not uh, all this distraction no, actually, around, you're yeah. able to be intentional? We, we actually have their bunks on opposite sides. So our three-year-old daughter is on a bottom bunk with the rock wow. wall that goes all around her bunk. So it's all three walls. And yeah, she's awesome. Her name's Sparrow. She's pretty rad. What? Yeah. I know. And our son's name is Briggs and he's super awesome and a feral child. And yeah. But how do you sex wow. in a tiny house? Yeah. So what? we, um, how do we you called have it road schooling instead of homeschooling because obviously it's we're pretty cool. Um, and we don't like with dating back and have no friends. And so. Um, yeah, we just hook it up to our truck. We could have a girls' weekend, you guys. It would be so awesome. Um, but oh it is my goodness. rather expensive. Right. <laughs> right. Yes. Well, I always tell people, um, Zach Giffen, wow. who does Tiny House Nation, so, so he's a friend of yeah, mine. So We're actually speaking this weekend together was, in Austin. Is, is what you're saying. And, you can't hear the bump and grind. Um, I always tell people tiny house living is not for everyone, but simple living should be. So, like, I have wild anxiety, and I try to tell people, like, anxiety smothers and simplification breathes. Mm. Yes. I will tell you, Tiffany, yeah, wow. can, I have, can I have just a, like, truth moment with you? Okay, when I watch your videos, I obviously oh, laugh and sometimes tear up. In but I have anxiety <laughs> looking at the background in your house. I want to yes, come girl. there and I want to help she you. She said, "Go ahead life. and write that down." All right, all right. I want to give you a hug and I want to laugh and then I want to fix it. <laughs> a whole nother child. Yes, we I'll didn't be there even talk December. about. Let's do it. But you owe me yeah. lunch. That'll be a fair trade, right? <laughs> Stop. She's Your name's kid is Sparrow. I love that so much. Oh my much. gosh. I, yeah, I can't like that more. That's, that's, it's a, f- a feral wow. child. Yeah, everybody's got one. Yeah. Oh gosh. Dude. Can you bring your tiny house to Florida? Can you drive it down here so I can see it? Wait, it's portable? Yeah, it's on a fifth wheel. Listen, I have always... I call top bunk. I I have always... I love Tiny House. I love Tiny House Nation. I love watching all the shows. I just literally don't think that I could physically do it. (laughs) But I'm telling... But I love learning about it. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't get invited. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. I'm going to go throw every like single mother effing piece of shit at my house right in the garbage, you dude. You got to let it breathe. You got to let your junk breathe. I, yes, I'm please. You really? too, guys. And if you're free in December, I will hit you up for that oh lunch. God, uh, come over. What are you waiting for? I would love it. 
You're awesome. Can we make this happen? She's coming in December. You are double awesome because you called this this bitch Dude, out, I, and I'm yes. so excited about that. Yeah, <laughs> not McDonald's though. No, not my tour money. Yeah, she, she came Wait, at you. Thanks, guys. <laughs> she came at you. I don't have money. I rent my house. That's why I don't put too much thought into it because it's like, Meh. my stepdad. I rent it from him. He left a whole bunch of his stuff behind, and I can't get rid of it. Don't be blaming your stepdad Shit, for your I did clutter. Too. Get out of here. I did. Okay. All right, Bryn. We appreciate you, and um, Dave will let you know when the episode's going to air, so you can share it out, and we'll get all your stuff linked up. Thank you. Thank you so much. Bye. And it's your turn. Okay. That's fine. Um, I was not prepared for this mom fail moment. So I am just. How about. No. I was going to say how about a wife fail, but I don't want to go there. <laughs> Um, mom feel moment. Mom feel. I mean, okay. Oh my gosh, I'm drawing a blank. Are you just that good? No, Girl. I just feel like my like I try not to think of them as fails. Right. Well, that's the point. We're we're talking about them because so, there's just things that happen each and every day, and we're trying to let everybody know that they're not really fails. It's just life. Yeah. Like I okay. For example, yesterday Chloe was not listening. Not only was she not listening, but she was screaming no. Oh. And then hitting me. Oh. And I know that's wrong. And I know that I need to put a stop to it because she's going to become a felon probably if I don't. Right. There's a direct correlation to that. But I'll go to scold her and I'll be like, hey. <laughs> like because you're from a 1960s gangster movie? No. Or? I'll be like, hey. I'll be like, hey, you need to stop. And she goes, never. And like runs. <laughs> I, I lose it. I can't. I cannot continue reprimanding her because she literally, she's like, never. And like, it makes me laugh so hard because I don't know where she got it from. And I have such a hard time scolding her because she just laughs in my face. And I think that my love for her is getting in the way of me disciplining her and I feel like it's a fail because I know like I need to stick to my guns and I need to ground her and I need, you know, well, whatever, put her in timeout. I need to, but she just is so freaking cute that I'm really struggling. Well, here's what I'll, here's what I'll tell you as a bit of a more seasoned mom. Thank you. The cute wears off. Yeah. But you're not, it's not worn off yet. And that's hard. But I actually remember the moment that the cute wore off for most of my children. And I finally just realized, like, it wasn't funny anymore, right? But, like, right now I feel you. It's funny. Your daughter is adorable to a level that's, like, astronomically. Like, she's really just one of those kids that's just damned adorable. So I feel you on that. But what I can tell you is at some point that cute going to wear off and you're going to be like, I'm going to smack that butt. Like, yeah. But it's just not today. So it's OK. It's so hard, though, because my husband's like, she's going to keep acting like that if you laugh every time. Yeah. Well, he's right. But, but cause what hard. she'll do is she'll slap me and then I'll be like, hey, 
And she'll grab my face and kiss me and be like, it's okay. I love you. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I can't. Toddlers are tough. Yeah. Yeah. She is. But anyway, that I'd say that's my most recent fail is that it's real. Like my other kids, it's not hard. I'm like, Hey, you're old enough. Quit walling out. But Chloe. Wilding out. Yeah. (laughs) I'm hip. Okay. Sorry. But Chloe, for real, like, I'll tell her it's bedtime and she'll be like. And just like, give me a face. It's uh, that doesn't translate well on a podcast, I guess. (laughs) But she does this. You did it again. It still doesn't. Frowny, like. Puppy face. God dang it. What do you want to do? You want to stay up all night and eat ice cream? Because you can, because I love you so friggin much. So whatever. So with time, I'll get better at it. Yeah. Yeah. I feel you. I feel you. She's three. And I just I can't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well she's still a toddler toddlers are tough yeah they do they try to break our uh our wills and our spirit to live what do you get from sitting on ice too long hemorrhoids <laughs> polaroids oh <laughs> that's, so stupid. that's funny because i my guess was hemorrhoids why you sit on anything too long you'll get the hemorrhoids really yeah that explains so much. <laughs> yeah? Sitting is my favorite. Yeah? Hemorrhoids are not my favorite, though I've had them a time or two. So in trending news, how to talk to your children about sex, an age-by-age, age, why can I say that? Age-by-age age guide. And the reason I chose this topic is because I actually get a lot of emails for people um, giving me advice to them for their sex talk or puberty talk with their kids. And I think it's because I've done puberty videos you've literally like like held eggplants i'm pretty sure yeah right but it's that's meant to be humorous i i didn't actually show my son an eggplant and then tell him that's what his penis was gonna look like but (laughs) um but i get these questions a lot so i thought why don't we talk a little bit and give some actual information pertaining to the age they are and what kind of things you could talk about i would love to hear it All right. So it says, for some parents, talking about sex with their children produces as much anxiety and awkward moments as losing their own virginity. When do you bring it up? What do you say? If you mention sex, will they start thinking about it? Well, it says that, and this is yours. Why don't you do your kid's age? Because you've got kids in this age. Okay. So for kids age four to six, um, often children ask questions that are related to six. No. (laughs) Sex. Sex and parents panic. What do you say when your toddler asks how the baby got in your aunt's belly? Like, literally, you just say, when daddy kisses mommy, he drops an egg in her throat and it makes a baby in her belly. Don't say that. I think that's what you should say. It it says, be factual. Answer the question that you were asked and and not the question you weren't asked. So you can... um, So when a four-year-old says, how did the baby get in aunt's belly? You say, well, uh, aunt's husband injected sperm into her vagina to a four-year-old you could say that's a really great question but it's actually a conversation for when you're a little bit older i feel like that's open-ended then they're gonna be like why let's do this okay let's do it back and forth according to this i'm gonna be the four-year-old how did the baby get in aunt tt's tummy i would say um based on this okay based on this Um, It says to be factual, but then it says to redirect. And then it says... Wait. You're shooting holes. What? (laughs) 
<laughs> you can say, great question, sweetie. I'm glad you asked it. Let's she, talk about this later. Is there are different ways that you could answer based on how you feel. So you can be factual, answer the question that was asked and not the question that wasn't. Parents can say that babies grow in an organ made from made for babies to develop and just leave it at that. <laughs> or they can say, um, it's, oh, wow. It's not okay to touch anyone's private parts without permission how do because you- they are sensitive and private. So she's saying you don't have to talk about private parts with a four to six year old. You can just say that mommies have organs in their bellies that are made to grow babies. So they're saying be factual because you do have an organ. It's called a uterus, but you don't have to get into uterus, eggs, fallopian tubes at that age. Okay. You just say mommy's belly has an organ that is to make that babies and that's where the baby grows. Or they're saying if you want to be a little more vague or redirect, you can say that's a really great question, um, but we don't, we're not going to have that conversation until you're just a little bit older because it's hard to understand and we're going to wait until you're ready. So they're saying based on your comfort level – have a conversation that you're equipped to have. Okay. But I like that answer. There's an organ in the mommy's. The egg and the... No. Okay. Not what you said. Oh. The organ in mommy's belly is made to develop a baby. I don't think that's a good answer. You don't? No. Why? Um, For a four to six-year-old? Yeah. What's an organ? What's develop? Do you think they're going to ask those questions? I don't know if they want an answer and you say, there's an organ in your belly designed to develop humans. They're going to be like, I'm sorry. What? Well, then say mommy has a uterus and that's where mommy <laughs> grows the baby. They're going to be like, I know how to get in there. That's the question. The question isn't where does a baby grow or why? It's how did it get in there? Right? Yeah. Anyway, I think that the right answer is, hey, listen. When daddy kisses mommy. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So basically go with your heart, what you feel in your heart. Well, Be I factual, just, but also deflect. Yeah, I think it's it's whatever style you want to choose. But I think what they're saying is you don't have to give so much information because a four to six-year-old doesn't actually need all of that information is what they're saying. Agreed. So I guess it's totally up to you. So grade school, age seven to 10, this is when parents should introduce the idea of sex to their child so that they know how to ask their parents about sex. Um, she cautions parents to set the right tone. <laughs> she said, don't make it big. Don't make it a big, scary deal. Don't pull the drapes. and sit the <laughs> Have a seat. I thought you'd never ask. Uh, yeah, don't make it a big deal. Don't make it scary. Um, hey, so she said, introduce it as an easy topic. Like, hey, do you guys know anything about how babies are made? If they say yes, ask them what they know. This gives them a chance. This gives you a chance to correct them using age appropriate language. For examples, you can say babies are made during an activity that only mommies and daddies do together. So she says you don't have to elaborate on what that activity is at that age, but that mommies and daddies are have to do something in order to make a baby. Okay. That's seven to 10. You're not buying into any of this. No, it's not that's that. Okay. I just hey. feel like I could, I just feel like this is realistically, mm-hmm. if I were to go to my seven to 10 year old and say, babies are made by an activity that mommy and daddy do. They're going to be like, well, that was not helpful or informative. 
at all. I'm going to go Google it. Yeah. Like what, what kind of activity? What do you mean? Volleyball. Can I do the activity? I don't want a baby. I have to know what activity it is. Cause I don't want to have a, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like you've got some valid concerns here. I agree with you. Let's but I keep also going. feel like I'm making a big deal out of nothing. So no, let's keep going. Let's see what else we got in here. 10 to 14. Middle school. This age, is you, 10 right? To 14. Why have kids in each group except the babies? If parents feel in the past that they've biffed on some of the sex questions or shared misinformation, this time they can undo the damage. <laughs> I would start by owning up to your mistakes. By middle school, if you don't give your kids the facts, they will almost certainly get the information from somewhere else and will be entire, entirely unlikely to have your values. What? Meaning if they get this information from friends at school, they're going to probably learn from their friends and not necessarily listen when you start talking to them about it. You mm -hmm. might not share the same values. Um, parents should try uh, and pretest or ask their children what they know about pornography, consent, what bases are, STDs, those types of things. Find out what they, where they are, and what you need to teach them. Answer questions um, with actual, you know, names like. The actual name of things, penis, vagina, uterus, testicles, scrotum, that kind of stuff. Like legit. You're getting anxious just just I, listening. It's just a memory that I was thinking of. What? I think we've talked about it. What? But my, <laughs> my mom rented a video from Blockbuster. Yeah. That explained sex and put it on for me and my sister and some of the neighborhood children. And it was oh. a cartoon. Yeah. And it showed things. But the sex scene took place in a shower. I'm sorry. Your mom rented a video <laughs> where there was an actual sex scene and she had you and the neighborhood children watch it. Yeah. It was a cartoon. And now in hindsight, I'm like, that's kind of messed up. What if the other kids' parents didn't want them knowing, you know? Your mom showed you cartoon porn? Literally. But it was presented as an educational film blockbuster but it happens? showed like the guy's parts and there was hair <laughs> i remember it and then yeah i remember this very vividly do you remember the name of it i feel like we need to google this mm. what was it called i don't remember no, I Mature don't think it's called Thunder Buns. No. You go on to do the high school thing. I'll try to find it. All right. You go you Google that. Um, what I can tell you about my own conversation my husband and I have had with our middle school age child, we have talked a ton about consent. We have talked a ton about what no means. We have talked a ton about um being uh, a gentleman and, and respecting uh, uh, girls, young women. We have talked a ton about the fact that the feelings and the urges and the, and the hormones are normal and that it's just important to be honest and open about things that are going on and, and questions that they have and that trust is built on open communication. And so that's where we're at in this conversation. That's good. High school, age 14 to 18, parents specifically need to be talking about sex with their teens, 
but uh, recommend that they do it before their child has a partner. That way their child children don't believe the discussion is targeted towards the partner because they could think that they dislike that person. It's so much safer for your child to get these conversations before they start dating or picture a person in particular. Avoid lecturing. Um, and what they do want you to know is that there are tons of great websites to help you through this journey, including the American Academy of Pediatrics, um, Sexuality and Information and Educational Council of the United States has guides about talking to your kids about sex, as well as just going directly to your child's pediatrician and having a conversation with them separately from your child and then with your child, which I like that idea too, like talking with a doctor and being like, what should I actually be saying to my kid? Um, especially now that kids have the ability to go online and, um, look at pornography. I and found it. You found it? Yeah. What is it called? Where did I come from? Where did I come from? Look, there's one of the scenes. <gasps> I told you. Oh my you. gosh, it's huge cartoon boobs. I told what you. What year is this? 1985. I told you, dude. Let's play a little bit of it. I'll fast forward. <gasps> oh my gosh. There's a whole ass shower scene somewhere, but this is a half an hour long. Where's the shower? Oh my god! I can't. Oh, there it is. Their body. This is important because it's those different parts that help your mother and your father to make you. Yeah, they go through and talk about all the parts while they're in the bathtub. We'll have a close look at everything, so you can see what's what. Yeah, and they zoom in on. The soap falls off of them. Okay, so you get the idea. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Wow. The woman has two round bumps on her chest. 
have heard all sorts of names for these, but the proper name is breath. Yeah. She has a nice rack, too. That's bringing back so many memories, dude. <laughs> I got to go home and watch it again just for old times' sake. I can't sake. believe your mom was like, neighborhood children, <laughs> come in and, and let me show you this cartoon version of the closest as a man and a woman I can ever it. be. They zoom in on ah, the privates. Ah, ah. All right. Wow. Wow. I I got a little... Excited? No, that wasn't it. I was a little embarrassed <laughs> yeah. for a moment there. T- imagine sitting there with your family. No. Okay. My mom would like put it on and leave. And then we thought it was so funny that we like invited people over and played it again and like be kind, rewind. There's a duck in the cartoon that just goes right up to the crotch to like get a closer. <laughs> Look, yeah, and it, why did they have? Why did they have a duck? Because they were in, in the bed bath. with them. No, the duck was in the bath, right? I don't think oh. the duck was in the bed. Oh, it was cats. There were cats, cats. in the bed, mm-hmm. and they were going, meow, meow, and they were hugging each other, and there was kissing noises. Yeah. So, I, if you want to get out of it, I don't this talk. Know that I recommend this video just for put your children. The video on it's on YouTube, right. guys. It's called Where Did I Come From, I think. Yeah. 1985. 1985. Where did I come from? Sex education can be fun. So. Good old memories. Well, that took a turn. (laughs) I was just going to talk about some basics, but Tiffany brought a home run. So a mom in a heroin overdose photo goes viral again for a very different reason. One of the lowest moments in Erica Hertz's life went viral in 2016 when a police officer released an image of her overdosing on heroin in a Hope, Indiana parking lot. Do you remember this picture? I don't remember it, but I've seen the new viral one going around. Okay, so I actually remember the first picture. So the police department pulled up, responded to a call of a reported overdose in a parking lot. They showed up, and the woman was out out cold in her car, and there and her infant child was in the car seat in the back seat. Oh, really? Yes. And I remember looking at this image, and I was torn for a lot of different reasons i was angry because she had a baby in the back seat i was upset because uh clearly this was um neglectful to the child it was a poor choice i was then embarrassed for her because i was like this is also this woman's rock bottom and it was her lowest moment in probably in her life to this point and the police took a picture of this and then put it on social media i felt I just felt all around torn for this picture because the woman seemed broken. The situation seemed broken. People were ripping into her and tearing into her. And I thought to myself, um, this is just bad. This is sad. This is bad. Mm. Um, I felt empathetic, but at the same time, like it's okay. If you didn't, you don't have to say it. No, I did. But at the same time, I didn't know exactly how to feel because I've never had a drug problem. So there wasn't something in my life that I could really pull it to. Right. But I also just as my mom heart was like, 
I, my mom heart breaks for this woman who clearly has an addiction that's so strong that it took first, it took the front seat to her child. And that was like no jarring. Pun intended. Yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, yeah. But like, I, it was jarring to me. And I remember the first, I remember I was sitting on my couch scrolling through the internet and I was like, <gasps> and I like gasped audibly when I saw this image. Right. Mm. But if you go on to read about the story, um, well, I love it because I saw the post and we'll read through the rest of it. Okay. Though, talk about this. Cause I'm sharing this for a couple of reasons, but go ahead. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Mom. Okay. Just read. Sorry. It's hard to look at, but I wouldn't be where I am today without this picture. Hurt 28 told today parents in the photo, which was meant to raise awareness about the opioid epidemic and unconscious hurt sat slumped behind the wheel while her infant son Parker cried in the backseat. Hurt was revived by Narcan, an emergency treatment used to reverse narcotic drug overdoses. And she was later sentenced to six months at Bartholomew County Jail. Whatever. Sorry. Now Hurt is going viral again, but in these images posted to the Addict's Diary Facebook page, she's bright-eyed and beaming. Hurt holds a sign that reads, Narcan saved my life, while three-year-old Parker says, and now I get to have my mommy. Um, she celebrated three years of sobriety on October 22nd. Though she was initially humiliated when her addiction was exposed to the world, she has since changed her perspective. I'm able to see how far I've come, she told Today Parents. Hurt admits she wasn't much of a mother when she was shooting heroin four times a day. I was very mentally absent, she revealed. I didn't play with him or show him attention, and I took him on drug deals. When Parker would visit Hurt in prison after her 2016 arrest, he didn't want to sit on her lap. He didn't know who I was or how to interact with me, she explained. That was, ultimately, when I decided I truly wanted to be sober. Today, Hurt describes Parker as a straight-up mama's boy, though the pair hate being apart. Hurt heads out three nights a week to lead Celebrate Recovery meetings in Columbus, Indiana. It isn't easy, but all the encouragement keeps me going, Hurt said. Parker is counting on me, and I can't give up. So I thought this was such a great way to follow up on this story and let this mom talk about her sobriety and her recovery and how that, and I, and I know that the police officer's reasoning for taking the picture was to expose the opioid epidemic and what was going on. And I'm so hindsight, right? Like 2020, I'm glad he did. But at the time I felt so torn about the picture and and what that actually meant. But obviously now it's like, well, that's great because look at what it's, look at what it's created. And I want, I, I hope that that's happened for other people as well. I hope that her picture touched other people and was like, I need to, I need to, you know, talk to somebody about my addiction. This is a problem. Yeah. And the reason that I wanted to share this is because I'm so proud of what you do and how you share your struggles with addiction and how many people you've helped through recovery because you're very transparent about the fact that it is, you're still an addict Mm -hmm. every day. You're still an addict. And so you continue and it's a fight. So I just thought like, Hey, look, yeah. This is so great. Thank you for the compliment. I love uh, that when she shared it, she said a couple of years back, my photo went viral and people shared it everywhere. Let's see if they'll share this. Mm-hmm. And I loved it because I feel like sometimes as a society, there's so much negative 
uh, things on the news and on Facebook. And it did go viral because it was shocking and it was heartbreaking. Right. And um, she had a point like, hey, you know, nobody ever follows up with these. You see these things on the Internet and then you just assume drug addicts are all junkie loser pieces of crap who are lost causes. And it's very rare that you see a follow up. So I thought it was super awesome that she did that. And I think it's beautiful. And I'm so stoked about the kid having his mom back. And it just goes to show that like, and I'm not, you know, whatever. I feel like people have every right to feel exactly what they felt when they saw the picture because it's heartbreaking. Mm -hmm. Even me as an addict looking, thinking about a child in the backseat while the mom is like that freaking kills me, man. It does. And, you know, I I feel lots of things as well. Um, But it doesn't always have to be a terrible ending. Right. That's the whole thing is if you're struggling or there is an issue, you can reach out and you can get help and you can have another shot. You can have another chance. There's always an opportunity to change. And, um, you know, addiction is a disease. You need to find, uh, you need to get medical help and you need to, you need to, you need help to, to recover and you need help to get sober. And she got that help. Thankfully. And there's people who are so angry who are like, stop using Narcan, you know, to revive these addicts. I have to pay for my insulin and they compare the two, you know, why do I have to pay for my insulin when they're using Narcan to bring these people back who don't want to be saved for free. And while I completely agree that it's horse crap that you have to pay that much for insulin, I don't think they have to go together. I think that it can just apples and oranges. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and I don't think you need to compare in, in order to prove your point. Um, because you know, and I'm not here to talk about my opinion on Narcan or anything like that. Cause it's super controversial subject, but I can almost guarantee that like people listening right now have been saved by Narcan and mm-hmm. they've been given a second chance at life. And I think no matter what it is, if there's something out there that can give you a, that can pull you back from the brink of death, who the hell are we to be like, no, you don't deserve it. You know? Yeah. No, I'm, I'm with you. That's why I thought this was a great story for us to kind of talk about. And you put your two cents in on because I should reach out to her and be like, what's up girl. Do you want to do a recovering beautifully story? Do you want to come live? You what's up? There you go. Make it happen. You want to come on the podcast? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) She's a mom. Yep. Yeah. So her name is, and people can tag her. I just want to make sure we get her first name. Correct. Erica, is it? Yeah. Erica, E-R-I-K-A, Hurt, H-U-R-T. We're, we are um, thoroughly uh, impressed and happy with your story and your turnaround, and you are recovering beautifully. So you got to hook up with my girl, Tiff, and if you want to be on the podcast, reach out. It'd be an interesting perspective what parenting, you know, is like mm-hmm. in recovery. We'd have that in common. Yeah. Absolutely. I just lost my place. Okay, here we are. Very cool. We love a happy ending. Moving on. So in love and marriage, I thought this would be an interesting topic to cover because my husband and I disagree on this. But when is it okay to let your kids stay home alone? I cannot believe it's three. I'm sorry. It's okay. I'm just shocked. I know. We've been going. It's been a full day for us here at That's Inappropriate and Take It or Leave It and Juggling the Jenkins Podcasting. Okay, so parents often wonder how old their children must be before they can leave them home alone for a few hours. A new survey of social workers suggests age 12 might be a safe time for many to start. 
All right. So every child is different, of course, and every situation is different. Um, But what you need to know if you're considering leaving your children home alone, in a nationwide survey of 485 members of the National Association of Social Workers conducted in October to December, the researchers basically said that certain things would, would... constitute child neglect um, while others wouldn't. So most states do not have laws or guidelines when you can leave a child home, but they're basically breaking it down and saying all social workers said you cannot leave a six-year-old home alone. That's neglect. Yeah. 83% said that's neglect. Leaving an eight-year-old home alone is... 83%? 83% said it was neglect if you leave a six-year-old home alone. So 17% were like, not fine? Yeah, it's cool. Um... 51% said you shouldn't leave an 8-year-old home alone. 11% said you shouldn't leave a 10-year-old home. Only 1% said you shouldn't leave a 12-year-old home. So that's how they came up with this median average, Mm. right, of saying or whatever. Um, They basically say that by age 12, they are mature enough and have decision-making skills to be able to take care of themselves on their own for a, for a short period of time, a couple of hours at most. But my question is this. I have three kids, one who's going to be 14, one who's 10, and one who's 9. Obviously, I leave my almost 14-year-old home alone by himself I will leave my 14-year-old and my 10-year-old home alone by themselves. I will not leave my 14, my 10, and my 9-year-old home alone. My husband says that we can go away for a few hours and they would be just fine. I completely disagree. Mm. Well, it also goes on to say right here that you have to evaluate your child's individual development and physical capabilities. Right. And so do you think that because your youngest has um, some what do you call it? Unique needs? Different needs. Different needs. He's on the spectrum. That, he has autism. Yeah, I know. But you you get like, you don't like it when people say special needs. So Right. No, I'm just saying. For the, if, for, okay, it if sounded for like people, you were being a correcting Carol. No, I was saying for people who who listen to the podcast, if they've never listened to the podcast before, I was, oh. just, I was giving them okay. the insight that my child is on the spectrum. You're lucky. Okay. So is that the reason or is it his age? It is. Yes, it is that. And the fact that when you leave the three together, they become mortal enemies and they believe it is their (laughs) job to um, end each other's lives. (laughs) So that's actually why I think it's not smart to leave the three of them home alone. Right. As well as they start to team up. And then pick on the other. And it's not necessarily that one that that it's the older two against the younger two. It can be the youngest two against the older. It just depends. Mm. And so we found it I find it very difficult to leave them all three home alone and go anywhere. So and but my husband says, no, it's totally fine. It's time. We should be able to go out to dinner in town by ourselves. We should be able to do these things. And I just can't. Yeah. And now you have younger kids, so this isn't even a thing that you worry about right now, but Oh, I'm sorry. What are you like? Are you trying to say I'm not supposed to be leaving them home? Because I do. You do not leave your kids home alone. Yeah. Aubrey's going to be nine. She's really good with them. I go tanning and you do not. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Yeah. You would never in a million years leave your kids home alone with Aubrey. I would never leave them home alone. Even when they're 21, I'm (laughs) going to be there. I love them so much. 
I I knew you were I knew you were blowing smoke. I knew it the second you said it because I was like, you come into my house and have a conniption about the way we do things, and I don't even leave all three of my kids home alone. Will you leave your kids in the car while you run into the gas station? Okay, so that's a good question. And I've, this is yeah, this is the younger it's a version. Very freaking hot topic. Hot topic. Sorry. No, that's hot pocket. But hot pockets. So I'll be honest with you guys, man. When my kids were really young, Chloe was in a carrier. Caden was like just turned two. Aubrey was like whatever, four, five, six, six, I think. And I wanted to go into the gas station. I would pull the car up to the door. Literally, I would get out, lock it, go in, get what I needed and run back out. Um, it was always a huge debate. And I even posted in a couple of mom groups asking their opinion. They said, never, ever, ever leave a kid in the car. But I was like, dude, I just need some water. Like, I don't want to take Chloe out of her carrier and take Caden out of his seat and, you know, just have them all in there. So I did. And then I got in trouble because Aubrey's uh, grandpa found out and wasn't too happy about it. And so I stopped doing that. I just started lugging the kids around. But now, no, I can't. I, I'm too paranoid. I'm too paranoid. I, I started watching crime shows. Oh, Lord. And I just, I can't let them get further than a foot from my ankle without envisioning the worst. So no, never. I have totally left all three of my kids in the car and gone grocery shopping. <gasps> With the car on. How old, though? This age. Yeah, that's different. And I'm like, nobody gets out. Nobody opens the door. I need, you know, bread, milk, and cheese. You yeah, know? that's Don't different. Don't move. I was like that mom who was like, I'm going to leave the babies in the car for two seconds because uh, it's easy on me. And then, you know, people were like, somebody will come and steal your car with the kids in it. They don't care. And, like, it never crossed my mind that somebody would want my car if there was kids in it. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, I, I figured they would just want a different car that didn't have kids in it. <laughs> you think they'd... Well, I bet people have broken in and been like, oh, crap, and yeah. then maybe ditched. But I have seen people who've broken in and then just gone. Yeah. And then they took the kid in the carrier out and, like, put it on the side. Yeah, which would be best case scenario. Yeah, yeah. But, like, I thought, I, okay, I've I'm got the I'm going to wet myself. I have to go to the bathroom. I've, I've been sitting here, the keys like, with me. Rocking. What am I supposed to do Keep without you? For a minute. I'll be right back. I'm going to piss oh on you if this I This has don't never know. happened. I can't. I just can't. Okay. It's happening right now. So this... Hey, everyone. Uh, welcome to the show. So, kids, man. What are you... <laughs> Dave. <laughs> I don't have anything else poignant to say about the subject. I, I think that she says we argue about it, but I think that our kids are old enough for us to be able to go out for 30 minutes, 45 minutes, because we can talk to them on the phone. We're never going to be more than 10 minutes away, and I don't right. think it's an issue. So do you not see the three-way WWF fights that go on? Like, do you not see what she sees, or is she just being no, overprotective? I, I see it, but if they do that when we're around, if we're not around, they're terrified. So they lock the doors and they you think protect so? each other. So what about what about if are you afraid like one of what if one of them chokes? What if one of them gets hurt? That doesn't scare you at all. I, I got to be honest. I never thought about it until you came around here, and started <laughs> talking about how you can't watch your kids eat. And now every time I leave the house, I'm like, no one's allowed to eat any food. Oh, my gosh. I'm so sorry. No one can eat food until we're here. Are you serious? You. Yeah. I feel kind of bad that I. But but also I'm 
glad that you're aware. Oh, Lord. Of the dangers of eating. Of eating, just in general. I feel bad. I'm sorry, Dave. That's not anything I would wish on anyone, man. No, it's... It sucks. I think for me, it's literally about them getting into an argument and then like a fist fight breaking out while we're gone. I'm just letting you know that when you left, I just had no words. (laughs) I didn't know what to do. You sat here? Yeah, because I didn't have anything else cool to say about this subject. Yeah, it's okay. But if I had stayed, I would have urinated on your leg. Wouldn't be the first time. Oh. I feel like it might be the first time. <laughs> Is there something I don't remember happening? It was a wines day. No, it was. Stop it. <laughs> Throw me under the bus. All right. Well, in that case, join us next week for another episode of Take It. Or Leave It. An advice-ish. I know the line. Oh, okay. An advice-ish podcast hosted by two struggling moms. Who have no idea. I forgot. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was thinking about if anyone was going to call CPS on me for leaving my kids no, in the car with their babies. No, nobody is going to call CPS on you from something that happened three <laughs> years ago. Who have no idea what, what we're, we're doing. doing. For the love of all things holy. All right, guys. I have love a great you. week. Make sure to review us. Tell all your friends. Listen, download. We're the best podcast ever as rated by every Ryan podcast. Reynolds. Oh, yeah, he actually tweeted last week that we were the best podcast ever. We can't lie. Well, Well, we didn't say which Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. No Ryan Reynolds. It's a Ryan Reynolds in Idaho. He works at Publix. (laughs) And his wife made him tweet it. Oh, all right. All right. You guys have a great week. I love you so much. Bye. Oh, Lord. Meh.